All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, nonstop Leafs talk starts now. What is good in the hood, my friends? It appears the Leafs are ready to name the 18th GM in franchise history, presented by Botano. It's the Wednesday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and former NHL netminder Carter Hutton with you. Jay Rosa will be back tomorrow, but Hutz, lots to talk about on this Wednesday. How are you, buddy? Good, good. They didn't wait till the weekend for us. They did it midweek, and, uh, you know, it's obviously a exciting time. We kind of thought something was going to drop here soon, and... Uh, I, we can't be surprised, and you know, we heard a lot about it, but a little bit of uh, excitement and maybe overwhelmed and underwhelmed by the decision. Yeah, we'll get into it for sure. You know, I'll tell you, I do have a bone to pick because uh, coming up this weekend, I'll be headed to Montreal for a wedding, and I was telling my old man on Sunday, I'm like, just wait, just wait. They're going to announce something on Friday, and this is trending towards an introductory press conference on Friday, so everything's spoiled, and I don't know how the fuck I'm going to get to Montreal, but that's, that's beside the point because we do... Our mission statement here at least morning take was to bring you the news when it comes. And if it comes on Friday, it comes on Friday. But nonetheless, the reports are out. They've been out since Tuesday. So we'll dive into things. I should mention as well, great guest for today's show as well. Co's from Barnburner over in Calgary with uh, uh, Mulberg and obviously uh, Rhett Warner as well. Good old Boomer down there. Uh, Ryan Pinder will drop by in about uh, 10 minutes from now. We'll break things down. Get the 411 on Bradshaw Living expected to become the 18th GM in Toronto Maple Leafs franchise history. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. Again, at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. 
If you're watching right now and are not subscribed, please subscribe. We deliver the best content out there. I am very biased, but just believe me. Additionally, we're available wherever you find your podcast. Just search Leafs Morning Take and we'll pop right up for you. And don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest in all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Also, the chat is on fire as I look right now. Um, we have over 130 people viewing right now, so we uh, we better hit the uh, hit the ball out of the park when it comes to the conversation in your huts. But uh, thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube, and we'll get to it a bit later on in the show. But for now, let's get over the boards. So as stated, a uh, a tweet comes out on Tuesday night from uh, Darren Drager from TSN, of course, saying all signs point to Brad Treliving being named as the new GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And earlier today, uh, sort of doubling up Frank Saravalli, our very own Frank Saravalli, saying everything just being put together in a new contract. And it seems very, 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 very likely that it's going to be Brad Treliving as the next GM. This sort of came out of nowhere, but am I stunned? Not really, Huts, because this is the first name that came to the forefront last week when all this started, right? Yeah, you know, it was the first name came out right away. And, you know, I, we talked about that yesterday, like a lot of pressure to get something done here. You know, time is closing. We talk about Matthew's contract. We talk about the big four. And and I, I believe this is going to be a different relationship he's going to have with this player, a guy who's not going to be afraid to split up that core to make a big move. You know, you can judge his past contracts. You can go over and overanalyze everything. But What's going to be done is done. He's going to be the guy. And, you know, there's obviously going to be the debate, you know, was Dubis better than him? Was this the wrong decision? Was this the right decision? But you could argue a lot of those contracts that Dubis gave out too. You look at the one he gave. We're, we're staring down the barrel of that gun right now with the Matthews deal and that free agency coming, the Marner deal, the Taveras deal. So these are things that are going to be judged on what Trivling, what he can do moving forward. So it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, plays out here for sure. Honestly, I don't have as much of an issue as some people do. As you mentioned, the people who love Kyle Dubas already all over social media saying what a downgrade. I don't know how you can make that proclamation when the man has done nothing. He hasn't even signed his fucking contract yet. But a couple things I'll take. Experience in a Canadian market, that should not be understated. He was in Calgary for a long period of time. He answered to ownership. That's a big thing to answer as well. Experience has lots of connections and personally... Great with great with the media. Everybody I talked to in Calgary say they loved working alongside Brad Living. He was very convenient, very open, um, you know, very good with them. I, I like that from a media perspective. I just think he checks a lot of boxes. I know some people point to his contracts and stuff like that, but find me a GM who hasn't signed good contracts and and bad contracts, made good trades and bad trades. Not to say that Brad Living is vanilla. But he's sort of in between like Kyle Dubas and say like Brian Burke over the edge, like Mark Bergevin style. And I think he's got bite. He's not scared to make big time decisions, not to say Kyle Dubas wasn't. But I think this is a good hire for this market, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. There's a lot There's a lot that comes with this market too, right? Outside of just the game of hockey, the contracts, the lifestyle, dealing with the media. You know, every day it's in your face. You're going to the grocery store. Like even Dubas talks about that, the pressure that it put on his family being in that Toronto market where this is a guy that has the experience. He's got a lengthy resume. He knows how to manage it. And he's coming into this situation with confidence and experience. And granted, we can look at the trades he's made and dissect them. But, you know, time is going to tell. You know, it's the same thing right now. We talk about the the Chuck trade, getting Huberto. We are, yeah. These guys are, it's only one year into that deal, right? These are something that we talked about. It. This could be a trade that they win down the road, right? There's always that longevity to a trade that, you know, everybody wants the initial like knee-jerk reaction to what happens, but it takes time and 
and there's a long plan and and I think he's set in place here in Toronto and he's prepared I think with the the durability of what kind of GM he is in person to sustain it over time in this market. At the very least, give the guy a shot. That's all I'm saying. 53 years of age, spent the last nine years as the GM. Algary made the playoffs five times, never made it past round two. Uh, five different head coaches. That's the astounding thing as well, that the Flames uh, you know, will be making a coaching change, and that's going to be the sixth time in 10 years when they announce who it's going to be, whether it's Mitch Love or you know somebody like that from, from the, the minor leagues, or they bring in somebody externally. I think it's the fascination as well. And Ultimately, for me, it sort of streamlines the conversation. What does this mean for Sheldon Keith? But when push comes to shove, I think I'm okay with the hiring. You know, I was probably somewhere in between when it came to Kyle Dubas. I thought it was time for a change. I thought it was going to be the head coach, ends up being the GM. But I think people in general need to give Brad Living the benefit of the doubt. Until he proves this market wrong, I'm going to believe in the guy, man. Yeah, that's all you can do, right? It's one of those things. We've got to trust the powers that be. And, you know, yeah. It's, you know, you look at the other side, if they take somebody that is off the market and off the grid that we don't know, that's a, more the analytics side of it or, or an assistant GM, you know, where does that lay? Like you still have Prindham here. Like, does he stay? Is that still there? Mm-hmm. Is that still his partner? Is he gone now? So there's, there's so many different dynamics in this market, but I do love the fact, like you spoke about that he's immersed in the Canadian market. He understands what he's getting himself into where He's not going to be overwhelmed by that fact, but it's it's going to be interesting, and I'm uh, I'm excited for it. I I hope that this is a you know the turn of the right page, and I, I guess like we say, we can sit here and make our decisions, but time will tell. Before we bring in uh, Ryan Pinder here, I wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, copycat league conversation because obviously with Bradshaw Living coming in, I wonder how often that conversation will be brought up about the Matthew Kachuk trade, and I wonder if this is sort of like a redemption time, taking nothing away from that trade. As you just stated, I think there's a possibility it comes back the other way. And quite frankly, I think in the long run, it'll help both Calgary and it'll help obviously the Florida Panthers. But in your opinion, what does this mean for the big four? Is it more likely, less likely, the same that one of these guys out the door this summer? You know, I I think it gives it a better chance. You know, not saying that something's going to drop, but now you don't have this relationship that's built. You know, Dubas, like we've talked about so many times, he loves his boys, right? Like these are his guys that he wanted to win with. And the doubt in his final, you know, message coming in, this is obviously going to be something that tree living has to manage. And I, and I think it's something where you can make a move. The Leafs aren't bad. They're, we're in good shape. You know, we're, we're not far away. Just got to the second round. You look at Florida. Is there some trades where we could make, you know, to beef up that back end to find our, you know, those playoff players. We look at like Sam Bennett and the way to Chuck plays, these styles that translate a little better to the playoffs. Where does he find that piece, you know, that can make this team push it over the top? And, you know, and finding a goalie that's going to be their guy, is, is it going to be, well, is it going to be Samsonoff? You know, there's so many different moving parts. And I think right now looking at this league, knowing what Florida was and what, what they were last year, they were so good in this season, they struggled and now look at them. So I think you can find that in that. It's just finding that right element, that right mix that's going to push you over the top. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I would love to know behind the scenes what Bradshaw Living said when pressed on the core for what the right decision is, how he feels about them, would he like to make a big-time move and blow it up? Yeah, he's got the experience, and people like to compare and contrast uh, even the Johnny Goodrow situation, the Matthew Kachuk situation, but uh, all in all, time will tell. And I think it's interesting, too, that Bradshaw Living, I believe, to, to, to the most of the best of my knowledge, he can't take part in the draft that's coming up in a couple weeks' time in Nashville. So... 
uh, keep that in, in the back of your minds as well. And again, the first order of business would be that conversation, that call with Austin Matthews, and only time will tell on that front as well. For now, I'm going to start a new segment. Let's swipe right with Pinder, not Tinder. Happy to bring in the coast of barn burner Ryan Pinder out in Calgary. I want to get the 411 on all things Brad Living. How are you, buddy? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm old now. I've got my twins are seven. I've never been on a dating app. I missed that window, but I, I, I think swipe right means we're good. That's right. Yes. We're yes. Yeah. yes. It, we're going to Netflix. And show things well, right? Yeah. I'd probably super like you, to be honest. You probably won't know that terminology. Okay. That the, the first swipe I, I, I want to converse about, is it tree okay. living or tree living, dude? I need that answer. Well, I mean, I just, uh, he's known as tree. So I always say true living, but I know there's two other ways people have said it. I would just, what, what does the old man say on the reality TV show? I feel like if I could start fresh, that's what I would do. I go to dragon's den and listen to the old man. Cause there's no way some, uh, guy worth millions and millions is going to say his own name wrong. Right? Like that's gotta be the way to do it. If you start fresh. I don't know if you watched the NHL, say the last 25 years, I think it was the Maholic brothers, McCulloch, Maholic. They had no fucking clue what they were calling themselves at the end of the day. Tony All right, dude, what's the scuttlebutt? There's a lot of guys. Yeah, it, it's exactly. Uh, it's your mind. Exactly. You're an adult. Don't change it on us. Okay. Yeah. We just have no clue. Uh, what can you tell us about Brad Living first and foremost? Uh, well, incredibly hard worker and a guy that has held the post for nine years here, almost exactly to that uh, nine-year mark, and a guy that isn't afraid of, of swinging a big deal. I, I wrote down some of the, the, the significant transactions over his time here uh, very early on, 2015. He sends a first and two seconds for Dougie Hamilton at the draft. This is a theme. There's big deals around the draft. Two years later, it's a first and two seconds for Travis Hamanick. They thought they were a Travis Hamanick away. Hmm. Then at the draft a few years later, it's Fox Hamilton, who was acquired three years prior, as well as Michael Furland to Carolina for Hannafin and Lindholm. Huge blockbuster deal, only to be outdone by his blockbuster last summer after Johnny Gaudreau walks. Uh, Matt Kachuk says, eh, you know, probably prefer to be elsewhere if Johnny's not here and all the other things. Turns it into, obviously, Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, a first-round pick in 2025. We don't know where that's going to be. Uh, as well as Cole Schwint, the B prospect. So those are four blockbuster deals. There, there might be many GMs that go five to 10 years in the league that don't swing a single deal that big. Those are all significant first round plus core pieces. And, you know, he's had some clubs that have been close, but he he's also had some disappointing clubs that have missed the playoffs that we thought should have been better. And Never really got the perfect mix here. The closest it got was two years ago, and that was ended by Connor McDavid in overtime in a Battle of Alberta round two. And uh, it feels like that's not very far for a decade, twice into the second round. That's it. How should Leafs fans feel about this hire? Because you know this guy very, very well. He was there for a decade, had some good times, had some bad times, but every GM's that way, no? Yeah. No, I, I think if you look at, long tenured GMs. They all make mistakes. They all have great moves. I mean, I think we all think Steve Eisman's a great GM, but then you look at him adding Jacob Verana and then giving him away for nothing. And sure, there's off ice stuff there, but I mean, that that's, you know, there, there's always a mixed bag. He's an incredibly hard worker. And I think he's a guy that uh, really doesn't leave many stones unturned. This isn't uh, 
Ken Holland getting all his work done before his golf tournament and getting stuff off his desk. He's going <laughs> to grind you for leverage when he's got it. He's not going to take the, your Duncan Keith offer in July. He's going to make you sweat till September, uh, eat some of that money uh, as an example. So like, I think, is he super progressive? No. Is he super old school? No. I think he likes to take in lots of different ideas, but at the same time, I do think he is a bit of a throwback in terms of the style of teams he likes. And to be fair, if Sam Bennett had panned out the way he wanted and Sean Monaghan was still a 30 goal center. I mean, I think you've got the the makings of a really, really good team that could make a, a deep run. They've also had the Bill Peters incident that kind of blew up in his face. I don't know what he was supposed to know about what happened 10 years prior in Rockford. They just worked the world championships together. And in Calgary, he had to manage up a bunch. When you're paying a coach not to work, guess what your budget is for your next coach? Peanuts. So it was Glenn Gullitson and Jeff Ward, guys that clearly weren't the best candidates, but those were his marching orders. So I think extending his own guys in terms of, you know, extending players that have been in the environment, he did a good job with. He got burnt in free agency a bunch, but I mean, that's kind of the NHL. Like, unless it's Zidane Ochara, you're probably getting burnt in free agency, right? Yeah, that's true. But you got one, bud? It's definitely where it gets, yeah, it's definitely where it gets overpaid. You know, I look at, I look at the team he's built there and, you know, obviously losing last year um, in overtime, you know, like losing Alex McDavid. And I, I look at Markstrom, I look at their goalies, right? They have two solid goalies in Vladder and Markstrom. And Marky didn't have a great year this year. And obviously he was trying to catch a moving train. And I think for me, the issue in Toronto is in the pipes, you know, with his experience going and getting that goalie in free agency. I think that's going to be an important factor, you know, with Samson off deal coming up and you got the young wall. Like I, I just want to see how he's managed the net because it's going to be important for the Leafs. That's what that's kind of where they've been lacking a little bit here when it comes to playoff time. Yeah. And, and you know what? True living's best draft pick may indeed become uh wolf, uh, Dustin Wolf, this sensational yeah. goalie in the American hockey league. So they've, they've got goalie depth. And I think the, the challenge with goalies is that they're leaping goalies like Sergei Bobrovsky has been, <laughs> hot crap for five years and now is throwing out Vesna Bob again, which we haven't seen since Columbus. And it's like, <laughs> you may as well put him as a con Smythe finalist at this point who saw that coming. And then the flip side of the Stanley cup final, you had Aiden Hill, you could have had for a fourth rounder earlier, who was fourth string on their depth chart. And he's been sensational. Um, so, you know, the Jacob Markstrom thing. Yeah. He was a Vesna runner up last year and he was, dog shirt this year so what are you gonna get and that's kind of i agree with you on the thing with toronto like you could talk about the core four and not getting things done what if you don't run into a 950 goalie in a series like they're they beat boston they they, they outplay them three of the first four games they just soiled themselves in a game three when it was really important and looked bad but they outplayed them in game one and two they won game four they need to get a goalie hot at the right time of the year. And that's not something you just go shop for. Like read the ingredients uh, gets hot in May. Okay. We get them. Like you, you need <laughs> luck. Nobody saw Aiden Hill, Sergei Bobrovsky is the goalie showdown. And so we all have to go sit up and stare at the moon and think, okay, how do we get tougher? And, and what do we need for guys to succeed in the playoffs? It's just a hot goalie guys. Like that's all this is. And if Pittsburgh had beaten Chicago and Columbus in their last two games, one of those two, Florida doesn't even get in. We can stop with this narrative about their winners and their clutch. Like it's goalies, man. So I, I feel for Leafs fans. They've, they've been out goalied a lot. And there's been a couple of those, what seven consecutive series lost that they weren't great, but generally speaking, they haven't had a goalie get hot at the right time whether it's Freddie Anderson, 
or, you know, Matt Murray getting hurt this year, whatever it is. Like, Carter, you could speak to it. When you're in a zone, I don't care if you're the 60th best goalie or fifth best goalie in the world. Puck's not going in much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. No, yeah, it's tough, and especially the way teams are playing now, especially in playoff time, right? You get even Bob, some of those games, it's it's just the timely ones, right? It's not how many you make, it's like when you make them. And it's tricky. It's it's tough to watch, but it's it's building, I think, that core of of structure and coaching. And that's where I I struggle with the run and gun style of play. When you get to the playoffs, it's hard to play that way if you don't have that extra depth to really defend and and grind out those big wins, right? You look at you look at Edmonton this year, the best offense in the league. You don't get goaltending, you don't have structure, it's not going to work. Yeah. The other Sorry. thing I was going to add too, and and you know this, Pinder, is is a defense, right? I think that seems to be the the mo for Brad Sher Living is these big body puck moving type guys, and and that's the curious part for me is like what he does to reconstruct that back end of the Maple Leafs, right? I think so. Like, I think it's been sort of tough breaks in Toronto on that blue line. Like Morgan Riley, probably very good, but not what he once was. I, you know, clearly Jake Muzzin isn't the central piece that they thought they were bringing in at the time of that trade, or at least the extension, I believe, that he got after that. Uh, Giordano's long in the tooth and has played his way down the depth chart significantly there. Uh, but you know, I thought Dubas went out and addressed it. They had what nine guys that they rotated through six spots in the playoffs, essentially. Uh, Treliving knows Gustafson. He added him at a deadline not too long ago for the Flames. Uh, Yarn Croak is a guy he went and got. But yeah, I, you're True. right. He does. Yeah. He likes to build through the back end. And you know, when you think about adding Dougie Hamilton first and two seconds, Travis Hamonic first and two seconds. You know, the big swap with Hamilton out. At least he got Hannafin back. You know, they couldn't get Sven Berchi to pan out here. They swap him for a second. That's how they get Rasmus Anderson, Oliver Shillington, another pick that they uh, acquired in trade that they picked up. He he really loves a good blue line. And he's also, you know, done some good work. He, he bought low on Eric Branson. And one year later, Columbus gave him four times four or something ludicrous. <laughs> and I feel similarly on where, you know, the NHL was on Nikita Zadorov. 
who's now got one year left on a, a deal with Calgary that I, I think his value is a lot higher than it was. 14 goals last year. Just don't look too closely. It was a hat trick in a meaningless last game of the year. But uh, like, yeah, he, he loves his big, tough D that can, you know, your top four move the puck and he likes a third pair that's going to, you know, bump and intimidate and, and I guess uh, physically impose themselves on the game. I'm a big Luke Shen guy. We're big Luke Shen fans in the show. Of course, Jay Rozo's good buddy with him. So I think the the possibility of him returning, I think, goes up with a guy like Bradshaw Living coming in. Um, I wonder how he feels as well, walking in with Gio and Brody there as well. Like you mentioned, the comps and yeah. all the guys who True Living knows very well from his days in Calgary. And hypothetically, Daryl Sutter walks into that Leafs room, potentially. I doubt it. How do you think it would go with like Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, and all those guys? Imagine that. Well, I'm more curious how it would go with with Bradshaw Living. Like this was a power struggle yeah. this year that it looked like Daryl had won. Like I, I yeah. think it was clearly laid out that the GM wanted the coach gone, that the coach was the biggest reason for a lot of the shortcomings of this roster this year. Maybe goaltending would be the other. Uh, and he couldn't get it done. And then he leaves and then they do get rid of the coach. So I, I, you could talk about young stars and a, and a demanding coach. I, I think the, the GM and the, and that coach, you know, we used to hear about Ryan Burke and Kevin Lowe and barn fights and stuff. Like let's, let's see those two again. That I, I think that was behind the scenes, a lot of friction this year where Daryl's not a collaborator and the GM wanted to see some young kids play. It didn't happen a lot. Lastly, um, what do you think this means for Sheldon Keefe? And if it's not Sheldon Keefe, like what type of coach uh, to the best of your ability is Brad living like? That's a good question. I mean, I I think it's what kind of groups you have. Like if you're going to run with these four highly paid skilled offensive players, it might be a different one than if you swap one of those pieces out for more depth or physicality or blue line help. And to be fair, like if you're a GM, just, Generally speaking, why would you use a bullet already? Like the one thing we saw him rip through here was coaches. He had five in nine years. Hartley, Winsy Adams, gone. Len Gullitson, cheap as chips because they were paying Hartley on an extension to not be there. Then he gets the full salary back to hire a coach. It's Bill Peters. That lasted a year. And then we heard about Akeem Alou, Rockford, other allegations of uh, not treating humans properly. He's gone. That budget's gone. Jeff Ward comes in. Finally, Money's back. There's Daryl Sutter. So he's going to have more resources in Toronto than he did in Calgary to be sure in terms of that. But I wouldn't burn a coach at this point, just strategically. If you're thinking about how you'd map out things, you're only going to get so many coaches as a GM. This one's inherited. Not yet. And also, I don't know that Sheldon's a bad coach. I don't think he was the problem here. Were there some missteps? Sure. Did he trust some defenders more than, longer leash than you would have wanted as least fans probably but it's not like it's like Sheldon Keefe is not an NHL coach my god get rid of this guy and these guys are going to win the cup that's not what they're looking at there is it it's not and I would just say it's a tough day for all the nerds in Toronto Kyle Dubas no longer <laughs> living is in and, uh, who knows Boston pizza could be in as well Pender thanks so much for this have a great go. show today buddy yeah thanks, appreciate buddy. it guys Boston Brutes for days see ya <laughs> see you buddy the one and only ryan pinder from barn burner go check out their channel those dudes are fantastic together i was on their show a couple of weeks ago and i thought it was only fitting to bring in somebody who has covered this guy for the last nine years to get his sort of version of the story how it went down uh strengths weaknesses the four and one if you will no i think it's important to a guy that's 
living it every day, right? He's on it. He's paying attention to what it's doing instead of just a Google search, right? You know, majority of people that are hitting Twitter, hitting up social media, just uh, looking at Trivlin from the outside. Tree, I'm just going to start calling him Tree, I think, because I am struggling spitting this one out. But he, uh, you know, it's nice he's been on it, seeing how he works, how he's handled coaches, how he's handled it. And I think that hard knocks that he talked about is he's not afraid to make some splashes, right? You look at those trades, especially the biggest talk we've had about that core four and what potentially happens. Do they move somebody? What happens? You're bringing in a guy with a resume of making those big splashes, making those moves. The trades he just rifled off there are, are huge deals. Mm-hmm. So he's not afraid of it. And I'm sure when he sat down and had his meeting, he had something in the hopper that he thought about, was careful, seeing where it goes. And, you know, obviously time's going to tell, but, you know, it, it's setting up like something potentially goes down. And it seemed like a match made in heaven. Of course, his name came to the forefront at the very beginning of this whole search, does his interview, and obviously he did really, really well because they're about to name him the new GM, the 18th GM in franchise history. The Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. We got the Jays' run line last night after they were down 2 nothing in that game. We're going to go back to the well of this Blue Jays team today. Alec Manoa is on the hill tonight for game two of this three-game set with the Milwaukee Brewers. Massive game for Manoa. He's been really, really struggling. So I'm going to look at the under nine and a half runs in this game. Julio Tehran's going for Milwaukee. He's sort of a gas can, can go off at any waking moment. Maybe they score a billion runs in them. Maybe they don't. Really, really depends on that guy. But I'm going to take a shot at the under tonight. Uh, Manoa against Tehran, and I think the Jays need to win this game. I think if you're picking a side, I think the Blue Jays win again. They need to go on a run. But I'm feeling good after last night's victory, Huts. Yeah, well, it's two in a row, right? Vegas and then the Jays. And you got to think that, you know, they're going to come out and with Manoa. They're going to try to play a tight game. Hopefully he can shut them down and, and keep this going here because we got to stay in the hunt here. We need some uh, fall ball. I can get down there for a playoff game now. My schedule is pretty open. Yeah, it is. That's good to hear. And I think we're all looking for that signature Manoa moment or that uh, appearance this year. He's been really, really struggling. Can't find the strike zone, which command has been really, really big for that guy. So we'll see if he can bring it to the table tonight and hit the under uh, between Milwaukee and Toronto at nine and a half. Looking at the chat, complete fuego, 338 concurrent uh, viewers right now, which is fantastic. And maybe they're all here for Ryan Pinder. Who knows? But John Greystone writes in, Marner is going to Carolina. It's sort of hilarious, dude, and I know you know about social media and Twitter, and you were big on Twitter back in the day. I put this out during the conference final. I said, you know what would make perfect sense for Carolina is Mitch Marner, and, uh, you know, vice versa. And then next thing you know, like three days ago, I see this massive article how people are trying to brew up a storm between Carolina and Toronto. It's like, no, this is the new age media or some Yahoo and Liberty Village in Toronto created this whole thing. But I do think it's a good, good fit. If you look at what Carolina has, what Toronto has, especially now with Brad Living coming in, I think the only way you trade one of these big boys is if you get some D help. Yeah, I agree. It's got to be on the back end. It's something that is, you know, you got to keep your guys up front. It's hard to score goals, but when you get to that playoff time, you have to keep them out of your net and you got to stay in it. And I, I think that was a big hole this year. And, you know, they got, Carolina's got a lot of D to go around and, you know, a guy like Marner would fit in very well down there. And, you know, some, someone that's stable in the back end would really push this team over the top, in my opinion. 
Yeah, definitely. I think if there's somebody who can get the best, maybe at a Mitch Marner, it's Rod Brindamore. And obviously you'd have a better account of that playing in the NHL, knowing some players I'm sure who played and have played for Rod Brindamore. I just think he's a different animal. And I think he gets the best out of his players, taking nothing away from Sheldon Keefe. But I do think a change of scenery for uh, Mitch Marner uh, could be just what the doctor ordered. I just think uh, a bit of a different splash to this Leafs team, I think, can go a long way. But again, people like to draw correlations to like Tampa and other teams, just staying the course, staying the course, and then you finally break through. Break through. So that's going to be the big conversation, I think, as you move forward to the draft and the offseason is like this whole, you know, conversation in Leafsland. Do we blow it up? Do we not? Like Bradshaw Living is going to be asked a lot of big time questions, I would say, over the next couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. He's going to have a lot on his plate. And, you know, obviously, like we said, time's going to tell, right? Because we can make up and talk about teams and do whatever, which is part of our gig, you know, trying to find where it would mm-hmm. fit and what would happen. But he's got this on his plate now, and it's going to be, you know, project number one here is figuring out what to do with this Leafs core and, and where do they go from here to because they need to get further than the second round. That's for sure. Yeah. And again, people are drawing concerns to like Brad Living, how he didn't do much in terms of winning success in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I just, again, you can go around in circles in this conversation at the end of the day, who was truly out there? Like maybe this is the wrong year to look for a new GM or a new head coach. I just, the fact that there was no clear cut person that came to our minds right away when this position became open, I think tells you all you need to know. So I think along the lines of what Ryan Pinder says, and said, and I said off the top of the show as well, like, Treliving is good for this market because he's not Kyle Dubas, he's not in that extreme, and he's also not, like, you know, the other side of the spectrum. He's somewhere in between. A guy who's got experience can handle this media. Like, there's a lot to handle in a market like Toronto, and I think he's a good guy for this job. Like, I don't want to call him the John Tavares of GMs, but, like, JT is a good captain because nothing fucking faces the guy. And I think Brad Treliving, along those lines, can fill that sort of need when it comes to being the person in front of the camera all the time, being the GM of this team. And and also to that point, like in general, I think people put too much stock in a GM. Like I think the team around him is almost more important than the actual GM. You talked about Pritam, you talked about Haley Wickenheiser. I know Spets is not in the mix anymore, but the team around Bradshaw living, I think will only help him where obviously everybody, all humans have strengths. They have weaknesses. So Living can focus on his strengths and then some of the people around him can focus on the weaknesses. They can come together and, and form the magic elixir, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And, and we talked about that, like the unlimited resources they have off the ice, right? When you're not dealing with exactly. the cap. And so he can focus and have that, especially now we talked to Pinder, talked about that, the budget he's going to have as well, which is going to open up doors that he may have never had before where he was struggling to manage those different things. And, you know, it's definitely one of those things I've played with teams where we've had GMs that are like more hands-on, more dealing with stuff. And it's a different relationship. They were trying to be your friend. Then I've had GMs where they don't even talk to you. They have nothing to do with anybody. They let the team just be the team. They put the pieces in place and let the coach do it. So there's definitely that different dynamic. And maybe having a GM that's going to be more just business, he's doing his job, you guys take care of playing on the ice, is going to help these guys where before they had that relationship with Dubas, they maybe felt that pressure that we need to succeed for Kyle because he's our friend, he's our buddy, where now it's more of a business and get the Mm -hmm. job done or we're going to make moves and it's going to happen. I like it. Uh, David Bova writes in, let me just find it here quickly. Uh, Nick... It's not even about playoff success. He uh, he DNQ four out of nine seasons, didn't make the playoffs, no track record of success, zero. Fair enough. Probably somebody who is a Flames fan. I get it. And I, I appreciate all 
sort of different sides of the conversation as well. Um, a lot of people comparing, you know, like a guy like Gretzky playing with a soft player and it's who you surround him with, like getting to my point. I think that's an excellent point and well taken. And, you know, I just think in general, I think we put too much stock in general managers these days. So I'm really intrigued to see a, when this fucking press conference goes down, I know it's going to happen on Friday anyways. Like it's not confirmed just yet, <laughs> but again, all, all signs point to Brad Chuliving being named the next GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Huts, a phenomenal job the last three days. I'm happy it ended on this high note. Considering how it went last time around when we got together, I tried to put out content and like an hour after we got off the air, the Leafs announced that they have fired Kyle Dubas. So you got your, you got your foot into things a bit here today because uh, Brad Your Living News comes out. So I appreciate your time, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Obviously, I enjoyed it and, uh, you know, gave us something to talk about and work it into Leafland here. And I hope Montreal's a good time, my man. Thank you. I'm going to have an excellent time at an Italian wedding. My cousin Jeremy's getting married this weekend, so it should be a sick time. Open bar. Fucking love that shit. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens over the next couple of days. Uh, Rosie's going to be back in the mix tomorrow. Undoubtedly, some comments and concerns and just some hot takes in general. Many thanks to everybody in the chat. You guys are fantastic. Again, if you're just watching for the first time, please subscribe at the Leafs Nation 401 at the Leafs Nation 401, available wherever you find your podcast as well. And many thanks uh, going to Ryan Pinder of Barnburner for hopping on, giving us the 411 on Brad Your Living, and also to producer Aaron. You did a great job today, buddy. Just keep killing it. So uh, for Carter Hutton, I'm Nick Alberg. Yes, slow clap. What do they do with that? That clap now is a big thing now, but that's Carter Hutton. I'm Nick Alberga. Thank you to everybody in the chat, and we'll talk on Thursday. Take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.